Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And we come to you on this Friday, headed into Mother's Day weekend. It is beautiful outside. I am not in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Instead, I am at the home studio and kind of wish I was in the home backyard. (laughs) If I was in the home backyard, I'd be sitting back there with the cold beverage in my hand soaking up some of these rays because it is beautiful outside but instead at the house got some got some stuff taken care of here and that's okay but uh we're coming to you with the next two hours unnecessary roughness of course uh demon cotton back in the home studios and your boy q and got a lot to get to on today's show and i'll tell you off top that we're having a little bit of what we like to call technical difficulties when it comes to our phone lines uh don't know what happened don't know if someone grabbed them in the middle of the night you know try to Yank them out of there like the catalytic, catalytic converters that folks are doing. I don't know. But somehow, some way, something's going on with our phone lines. So the deal today is we're going to have to practice what everyone does. Everyone likes to text anyway, right? <laughs> so today, if you want to get in on the show, we're going to need you to text the show. If you text the show, we'll be able to get it in. If not, well, we won't be able to hear from you because right now, currently, some line, somehow our phone lines are down. But that's okay. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the letters R&R. 69187, you text that, you let your message in there, and we'll be sure to get it on the show today. And like I said, have a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, we had a couple of good guests scheduled for today's show, and since our phone lines are down, I don't believe we're going to be able to get to one of them. Uh, the other one, fortunately, uh, couldn't do it during the show live, so I actually talked to him this morning. So we have that interview uh, that will be on today's show, but won't be able to get to both of the guests that we had originally planned. So this is how it's going to go down. We were supposed to have Arif Hassan from The Athletic. He was supposed to join the show uh, about 2.30. He was going to be our guest, and we couldn't get to him because, like I said, we can't get to the phone line. So unless something happens between now and 2.30, we won't hear from Arif. But we will hear from our second guest, Mike Clay from ESPN. And that's cool because Mike Clay is the guy that put out the projections for the Raiders, put out the projections for the whole league uh we talked about it in brief you know just kind of in brief talking uh, on yesterday's show just had a little bit of conversation about it and went over the expectations for the Raiders and what their what their projections were and and Demond who's back in the home studio uh had a few had a few issues with some of the 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 projections that Mike put out and so I was able to talk to him earlier today and that conversation was a really good conversation so you'll hear from Mike Clay coming up at 2:30 and then uh, had a conversation yesterday with Madison Blevins-Hawk from Channel 10 in Tennessee talking about the Raiders' fifth-round draft pick defensive tackle Matthew Butler. You'll hear that conversation at 3.30. That was one of those that I almost put, played on the show yesterday and said, no, we'll just we'll hold off till Friday just because we have too much going on. And, well, good thing I did because I, I did want you to hear that conversation. Now we have a perfect place for that conversation. That'll happen coming up at 3.30 today. Also, we got Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. That'll hit you at 3 o'clock. And, uh, like I said, have a lot of conversation to get to, but want you to be very active on the text line. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Want you to be a part of the show as we do each and every day. Really want to hear from you. And 
There's a lot to talk about, right? I had a show topic that I want to throw out there. I'll do that as soon as we get into the opening drive. And, of course, we got to talk about what's going on with the Raiders and their front office. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. As I tell you that our phone lines are down, DeMond's telling me that he thinks that he has become the phone line man and he has fixed it on his own. So uh, he thinks he's the guy that climbs the telephone pole and he's the guy that connects the phone lines when they're out. I mean, he don't even know what that is because he don't have no phone or house phone. Probably hasn't had a house phone ever in his life. But uh, DeMond believes that he is the phone line guy, so maybe... <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and do a live on air. We're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna do this experiment live on air. Why not? Right? What better time than the present? Go ahead. Who's up? Who's on the on the phone line? You believe? Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's going fantastic. Who is this? <laughs> uh, this is Raider Jared. From, hey. Uh, no, this is Jared, your employee. Oh, what's up, so, Jared? <laughs> yeah. I had Sounds no like idea. It's working right now. Hey, what's up, Jared? Okay, well, you you almost had a nice little. Uh, All right, almost, that's enough of Jared. Yeah, I'm about to say you almost threw your voice pretty pretty well there, Raider Jared. I like that. Re- remind him of that that he said that, Demond, because uh, you know he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So make sure yeah, pass re- just got revoked. So just yeah, so just remind him that he called himself Raider Jared. So okay, so forget everything I said about not having a phone line because it sounds like Demond has somewhat fixed it. I don't know if it's gonna work the whole show. <laughs> But whatever, we'll try. So we're going to still want to hear from you throughout the course of the show anyway. Uh, yeah, this is a Friday. I have no idea what the hell is going on. This is what happens when I don't come into the radio station. All hell breaks loose, and we got phone lines down. Then we don't have them down. Then this is going on. That's going on. You know what? It's Friday. It's Mother's Day weekend. Whatever. <laughs> just, just whatever, man. You know what? You know what, damn it? I got a beautiful TV that's being installed on my wall right now, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters, damn it. I got a really good-looking TV that's going up on my wall, and that's what's going to matter. I can't wait till this show's over. I can already tell what kind of disaster it's going to be today. But anyway, we are in the opening drive. I got a couple questions that I want to throw out there to you, and then we got some conversation that we need to get to as we're kind of doing a full show reset here. Who do you think, I got two questions, who do you think is going to be the most improved player on the Raiders roster in 2022? Now think about it carefully. I've seen this question floating around Twitter throughout the course of the day, and I've seen a lot of people just go with the obvious answer. But who do you think, take, take a couple seconds to think about it, breathe a little bit, do a little woosaw before you answer. Who do you think is going to be the most improved player in 2022, and who do you think will be the biggest surprise player in 2022? So those are the two questions. Looking for the most improved and biggest surprise in 2022-69187, keyword R&R. Again, that's the Salmon Ash text line. Uh, it's, it's wide open. That, I know, is working for 100% sure. Uh, the phone lines, I can't guarantee, but it sounds like we may have them on, on working, so we'll try it at 702-365-9200. So that's the, that's the, the question that I want to throw out there. Now, the topic that we have to get to, it would be, it would be wrong if I didn't. I'm not going to ignore what's going on. Uh, it was announced earlier today, and i got to give the Raiders a lot of credit because a lot of organizations, a lot of programs that I've been around, and I remember this specifically when I was in Central Texas covering Baylor, every single Friday around 5 o'clock, all of a sudden we'd get an email about something. Oh, this person's been dismissed from the team. Or, oh, this, this person is, is no longer with the, with the program. This guy's out. It would, already, it would be, like I said, 5 o'clock 
on Friday when the announcement would come because why? There's no radio shows that are really going on. Uh, everyone's on their way to a high school football game. There was always, a, you know, it was like a misdirection. So it would be what we call the classic uh, Friday at 5 news dump. That's what would always happen when I was in Central Texas covering Baylor and they were going through all their scandals and everything. But it was like clockwork. Every Friday at 5 o'clock, we just looked at our phones like, okay, here comes the email, and then boom, we got a new email. So I'll give the Raiders a lot of credit. Earlier this morning, the statement came out, and I'm sure plenty of people have seen it by now. I've seen a lot of people hit me up and ask me questions about it. Raiders owner, or not owner, well, Raiders owner Mark Davis actually put out a statement saying that the president, Dan Ventrelli, is no longer with the organization. It was a very short and sweet uh, statement. Hey, Dan Ventrelli is no longer a part of the organization. Uh, we have no further comment at this time. Simple. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I know what it means. The obvious is he's not with the organization anymore. I don't know what led to that. Let's put it like that. I have no idea. Plenty of people hit me up, text me, tweeted at me. I don't know. I have no idea what led to that. It is strange. It is strange timing. Uh, if you remember correctly, going back to last offseason and last summer, when I first res- er, arrived here in, in the Las Vegas area, I had a chance to interview then-President Mark Bedane. And I promise you, it was like, I don't know, a week or two after I interviewed Mark Bedane, he was gone. You know, he stepped down. And then all of a sudden that started like a snowball effect with a bunch of different people in that front office eventually leaving the team. So fast forward to this summer, and now Dan Ventrelli, who was just at the draft, who was just on the radio with Vinny two days ago. You know, let's not get that twisted. He's been doing a weekly hit with Vinny every week for the last couple weeks. All of a sudden now he's out. Again, I don't know what led to that. Some people think it's extreme, like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the guy that's going to say that. But at the same time, I, I just I, I find the, the, the timing really strange. And so it's, again, something I'm going to continue to monitor and continue to watch and see how it all shakes out. And, and really what's crazy is at the end of the show yesterday, I had seen the update, and I believe Mick Akers from the RJ had put out a piece on it talking about, uh, Jeremy Aguero, who was at that time the Raiders' chief operations and analytics officer, had stepped down on Tuesday. He had only been with the team for seven months. you know. And, and the place he, he came from, he had been there like 24 years. And so all of a sudden, he steps down, being the Raiders' chief operations and analytics officer, he steps down after seven months. So I kind of saw it, and right when I was passing the sticks on to, to Vinny in studio yesterday, I said, oh, man, that's interesting. Let me just see. You know, let me just continue to monitor and see what happens. And so I go on my podcast and say, well, I don't think that it's a big deal, but we'll see if it, it starts a snowball effect like we had last summer. And then, lo and behold, the next morning, all of a sudden, President Dan Ventrelli is out. And I didn't even realize that the vice president of human resources, Jamie Stratton, was no longer with the Raiders organization as well. I actually uh, found out that information out earlier today as well. So if you're keeping track this week, that's three, three guys on the – front office side of things that are no longer there not the football side of things so I've been asked multiple times like hey what do you think this means on the football side of things nothing I don't think it means anything on the football side of things I think it has to do with the front office the structure of the front office and what's going on and I mean it's not every day that you see a president not be with the team so do I think it's a big deal absolutely do I think it's sky falling big deal no you know but it's it's absolutely something to pay attention to so I'll definitely continue to pay attention to it. We'll talk about it as, as things progress. I don't know who's the next president's going to be. Uh, I just know that it's going to be the third president for the Raiders team in you know, less than two years. So that's not, that's not normal. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, I guess to say the least, that's not normal. But, again, I, I don't know what this all came from. So uh, just something that's out there. 
conversations being had. I'm sure there's going to be more news that are going to roll out. I don't think, like I said, from the football side of things, it doesn't affect the team what, whatsoever. Next week they'll have their rookie minicamp. They'll go through their OTAs. They'll get to their mandatory minicamp. They'll do the same stuff that they always do. You know, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels and company are all going to continue to do what they do from the football side of things. This is on the other side of things. It's like one side of the building to the other side of the building. So uh, we will update you, and we will tell you what's what's going on and, and, you know, what the latest and the greatest is. But, you know, it is it is interesting, to say the very least. Now, there's been some other hires as well. Uh, just found out that the Raiders uh, are finalizing a deal to hire Patriots national scout Brandon Yergin as their new college scouting director. He's going to replace Jim Abrams. Uh, this is something that is expected. These things are expected to happen when you have a new regime, and then once the draft is over, you start to get uh, those. some of those guys are out of there and, and other guys are brought in. I, I mentioned a couple of them on the show yesterday, so uh, not a big surprise there, and you'll continue to see some scouts, some guys from the scouting department leave the organization, and then you'll start to see other guys uh, be put brought in. And so uh, Dave Ziegler and company will continue to bring in guys that they're very familiar with, uh, you know, guys that they're very comfortable with, and that's how they'll continue to move forward. But, of course, you had to make sure that you got the draft out of the way before any of that happens. So there's a lot going on <laughs> when it comes to the silver and black and, and, and what they have going on. But uh, the story about the, story about the, the president and, and, and whoever else is, is coming in and out, that's, that's all, um, you know, that's all very interesting to me. I mean, it really is because, you know, it just, it just to me it feels like it came out of nowhere. So Raider Nation, we definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, I believe. That since Demond's got the phone lines somewhat working, we're going to be able to have a reef. Is that is that a good good guess there, Demond? It's, it's it's not somewhat working. It is working. Well, say it with your chest, man. Say you know, say it like you're confident. I'm that guy. I'm like that. Okay, oh, man. you're not you, saying you, it like you're very okay, confident. Okay, you know what? Though. I was just trying to tell you in your ear, keep the show moving. But you know, when there's a problem, Demond can fix it. I'm like Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Is okay? Bob the Builder even on TV anymore? No, he's not. I don't know. I'm not a kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Bob the Builder is not even on TV anymore. So there it is. Well, we will. We want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Got a couple good text messages I want to get to real quick. Mailman Raider said, biggest surprise, Trayvon Mullins' health. He's going to stay healthy all year and ball out to get his second contract. Most improved, whoever starts at defensive tackle with uh, Max and Chandler roaring off the edges, I see the defensive tackle eating. So that's from uh, Mailman Raider. I like that. East Bay Raider Gray. Josh Jacobs will be the most improved player. Running back competition will help him, and more help will keep him fresher throughout the season. That's from East Bay Raider Gray. How about one more? Um, got this one from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, I'm not going to lie, but I'm counting down the days for the announcement of the 2022 NFL schedule. Six days and counting. It's too long. Looking forward to planning out the Raiders' road game, which happens to be the Titans game in Nashville. Broadway Street is the place to be. It's important that I mention I got my red polo shirt on today for Mother's Day this Sunday. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. I like that. Good stuff right there. Great text messages. And, Damon, is that a game that you have scheduled on, or, or circled on your schedule as the Titans game? Oh, yeah. I want to go to that game. I want to be there as a fan. All right. Well, go on. Hey, man, book your, book, your, uh, book your flight, man. Make it happen. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You feeling froggy, man, then leap. Do what you got to do, man. That, that should be a lot of fun. I'm not mad at that at all. You know, and I, I will say, and I talked about it on the show yesterday, that this whole slow drip process that the NFL is doing with the, with the, the schedule is for the birds. I don't need all that. 
I don't need all that uh, starting on. I mean, we already know the inter- international games, but starting on Monday, we're going to get the ESPN games. Just found out that the new ESPN crew, you know, the Monday Night Football guys, uh, Troy Aikman and and, uh, and and who's the other guy that's on with them? I forget his name. Joe uh, Buck. Yeah, Joe Buck. He's great. I don't know how I forgot his name, but they're going to be on Good Morning America to announce one Monday Night Football game, the one that they think is going to be the best Monday Night Football game of the 2022 season. That's what they're, they're, they're going to be on Good Morning America on Monday to announce that. I don't need all this one game at a time type situation. Just give me the schedule and let's call it a day. I know it's going to all come out on Thursday at some point. We'll talk about it here on the show. We'll talk about it in great length on the show. Of course, everyone will go through the schedule and pick out wins and losses. We always do it every single year. And, and then all of a sudden the reality of it is that we don't have any idea and that these teams aren't who they who we think they're going to be or they're better than we think they're going to be. It happens every single year. But it is a fun time of year. I just can't believe that the NFL is doing this as slow as possible and making every day a day next week for the schedule. But that's exactly what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, definitely hit us up with your thoughts, 702-365-9200, text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who's up first, Amon? We got Passionate Raider on the line. Uh-oh, Passionate Raider in his red polo. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Uh, what's up, Q? No red polo this way, player, but a band. First off, happy Mother's Day to all the Raider moms out there this Sunday. First and foremost, it's a special day for all of us. Thank all you mothers for giving us all life, man, giving us all life. Q, my most improved player this year, I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say Alex Leatherwood, man. I just really think from all we've heard this offseason of what he's doing and what he did and his mistakes, and just with the leadership that he has around him to build that confidence in him, I think he's going to come back a monster this year, man. I, I think he's going to be a he's going to be a big deal on there, man. And, and, and this stuff with with Van Trelli and the president and all this, you know, everyone kind of laughed at me a couple months ago when I said a rebuild, man. But you know, people always want to jump on the first thing. This is going to be a whole new organization from top to bottom within the next three years. Everything's going to be the way that them two want it to be, who they want. But I'm not complaining because as of right now. We, we haven't had a team this, this juiced up preseason before football. I mean, it's like it, it is what it is right now. Games got to be played, but I, I'm excited, man. Yeah. I'm really excited for the season, Q. So, you know, have a great weekend. Have a happy Mother's Day. Enjoy yours with your wife. And, DeMond, tell your mom happy Mother's Day. Have a great weekend, guys. Stay blessed. Let's go. There he Bye. goes. Good call, good call, passionate Raider, and uh, yeah, just giving you a bad time, my man. But yeah, uh, definitely happy Mother's Day to all the all the moms out there, man. Without them, there obviously there would be no us. And yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't call it a rebuild, uh, but I get what you're saying. It's definitely going to be uh, a new organization, and that's okay. Again, the timing seems really weird, uh, and the reason why I say it's it's really weird, I think a lot of it has to do with any show. You know, if you want me to be 100 percent honest, if I'm a if I'm a, a president on my way out, there's no way I'm all of a sudden starting to do a, a radio show weekly with a guy. You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, that just doesn't make sense. Like, if I had a guy all of a sudden on my show for the like, next two weeks and then all of a sudden he's out, it just that, – that timing doesn't seem right. It yeah, because doesn't. you say that and it's – and I, I put together imaging for that where right. you don't do that where, if you like you said, no one that's thinking that they're going to be around long term is thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep coming on. Yeah, every week we can make a segment out of it. It'll be fun. Right, exactly, exactly. So that's just – that's really kind of kind of strange timing. So I, I don't really know what's going on. I do know that the state stadium authority chairman Steve Hill, uh, he actually put out a statement 
about the, the, the leaving of Dan Ventrelli and also Jeremy Aguero. He said, over the last few days, there's, been clear, there's clearly been upheaval. That's a key word right there, upheaval, within the Raiders organization. As the chairman of the Stadium Authority, board and CEO of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, I work closely with both Jeremy Aguero and Dan Ventrelli and commend them for the vital role they played in ensuring the successful move of the Raiders to Las Vegas and the construction of our spectacular Allegiant Stadium. But I'll tell you right now, over the last few days, there's clearly been upheaval within the Raiders organization is a big statement. Just saying, that's a big statement. Do I know exactly what it means? No. Not going to try to lie to you, but it's still a big statement. It's, it's one of those that you just sit there, you remember that that was said. It's one of those where you go back and be like, all right, I remember that you said this, and then later you can hope to put the pieces together. But I think that that statement right there tells you a lot about the timing of this whole situation with Dan Ventrelli. I mean, hell, he just welcomed everybody to Las Vegas for the draft. He was just there. Was literally just there. Was down on the strip talking to people, you know, welcoming people. I don't think there was one sense from anyone that is us, obviously. <laughs> you know, everyone on the inside, that's a, that's a different story. But I don't think that there was any inkling on our end that Dan Ventrelli was not going to be the president of the Raiders moving forward. But still, I uh, want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200, Salmonash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Geese said, most improved for me is car. The Sharpers the – sh- the Sharps are conservative about the Raiders' prospect. Oh, the Sharks are conservative about the Raiders' prospect, but I, for one, am high on Derek Carr taking the next step in progression. I'm thinking he goes a, a personal best in single-season yards, a personal best in single-season touchdowns, and at least one playoff win under his belt. You always say the Raiders can win with Carr, but I'm thinking Carr can go elite when he's actually supported with top weapons and a solid line and running game. LFG, let's go Raiders. That's from Geese Mode right there. So uh, thank you so much for that text, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'd love, love to see Derek Carr take that next step. You know, we talked about pro- um, uh, we talked about progressions and, 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 you know, all kind of stuff that, that Mike Clay put out there where he thought that, uh, you know, what the Raiders were going to do, what it looked like, what he thought that Derek Carr's season rec- record was going to look like next year as far as uh, yards and, you know, the different projections he has for touchdowns and interceptions and all that. And he had him at 4,146 yards. 27 TDs and 12 interceptions. And he had 23 touchdowns a year ago, I believe. 23 touchdowns. So 27 this year would be an improvement off that. To me, I still think he needs to hit about needs to hit 30. But, you know, 27 is, is pretty close. You said who's up next, Damon? 502 Raider D, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? It, it, it's very strange that in this UFA, we just lost a president, Udain. And now Ventrelli is gone. I think that obviously what Mark is trying to do is take this team in a different direction than, than going the route that his father did. Because, you know, Al was very if, – if Al picked you to be up, then you're going to stay on there forever. Right. Because Al, Al never wanted to be wrong. And I think that his son is doing the complete opposite. He's understood that he's made some mistakes and that he wants this club not only to be great now – but to bring that tradition back of being one of the greatest teams ever in the history of football, I think Mark is dedicated to doing just that and not make some of those same mistakes, man. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind whatever they do, man, and Mark knows better than I do. I'm just sure. a fan, man. I, yep. look forward to, I look forward to doing your show, man. And what, and what do you think about what I said? 
No, th- and thank you for the call, my man. And yeah, that's that's the one thing uh, that I'm I'm on board with it as well. Whatever needs to be done in that in that building, I think is fine. You know what I mean? And I, I've been all aboard on everything that they've done, and just been able to be willing to sit back and watch it and watch them how they build it. And that's all that we can do. And and I think that you're right when it comes to you know wanting to make sure everything is is done correctly. One thing that I've been talking about when it comes to this organization is they have a state of the art building in Allegiant Stadium. They have a state of the art practice facility in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I mean, just about second to none, right? It's fantastic. And the one thing I've been saying is they need a state-of-the-art team. They need a, a team that is, you know, up to speed, a team that is, you know, caught up with what, everything that's going on in today's NFL. And that goes to the front office, that goes to the coaching staff, that goes, you know, to the general manager. All, all, they all have to be up to speed. And so uh, with the turnover that they've had, with the new GM and company coming in, with Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and, and so many others, with the hiring of Josh McDaniels and, you know, Patrick Graham and, and everyone else that they've hired on that coaching staff. I mean, this is, this is a fresh start with a team that's a good team. You know, usually you don't have these, these turnarounds and, and these turnovers and a fresh start with a team that's good. I mean, think about this. They're getting, they're getting a team that has the blueprint to make the playoffs. Now, they've got to go and put the work in to get them to the playoffs, but how, how often do you get a team that's already built to win and already won and found a way to get to the playoffs and all of a sudden you get to inherit it and, and make it your own. I think it's a really good opportunity that they have, and I think that Mark Davis is going to always continue to do everything that he has to do for the better of the team. I agree with that 100%. Again, my, my biggest thing, uh, I think my biggest question that I have is just the timing of everything. You know, Now, again, I, it's, it's whatever time is on their time is fine with me. They, they're going to do what they're going to do, but that doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not going to have questions. And my biggest question is just the whole timing uh, when you just saw Dan Ventrelli down at the uh, at at the draft, you know, and, and you saw him, I mean, heard him on the radio, you know, plenty of people hitting us up like, hey, wasn't he just on the radio? Yeah, yeah. Got a a, a text, <laughs> FYI, Raiders had problems with 95-7 the game back in the Bay. Now Vinny had him on a few times. Did he say something he wasn't supposed to? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just think that, you know, it's it's just, the, the like I said, going back to the timing. I just think that the timing is just really bizarre and, and, and different. So uh, there you go. Got a lot of good uh, feedback to get to. The Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Also the phone line, 702-365-9200. That apparently is working now. <laughs> so we're going to attempt. Everything I say is going to be attempt because I'm not 100% sure. I know my man DeMond said he's got everything under control, but you never know. So we're going to attempt to have our guy Arif Hassan from The Athletic on to talk about the draft, talk about just the, the direction of some teams, what they decided to do, and other teams, and also looking at a team that didn't have a first or second round pick, didn't make their first pick until round three, what he thought about them. He put out a really good piece talking about draft grades, and we'll talk to Arif next about that here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.30 is the time. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Damon Cotton, your boy Q. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation? We threw out a couple questions on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you think will be the most improved player in 2022? Who do you think will be the biggest surprise in 2022? So get those text messages in. And if you have a question for our next guest, you can also text in at 69187, keyword R&R. Right now, I want to bring to the show our good friend Arif Hassan from The Athletic. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. And Arif, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate it. I wanted to 
have you on to talk about, uh, to kind of wrap up the draft weekend, you know, talk about grades and steals and all that good stuff and who reached. And, you know, grades are so tough when it's a few days after the draft because you haven't seen these guys at all in an NFL setting, just seen them in college and obviously uh, and everything that they did leading up to it. But as far as just uh, the philosophy that goes into the piece that you put out about reaches and, and steals, uh, what was like the formula that you had when you were putting this thing together? Yeah, no, I, I gathered as much information as I could from all the different experts who, you know, spend all their time, you know, grinding film and come together with uh, with draft rankings. And I decided that, you know, the players that are ranked, um, you know, as a result of that process are, are probably going to be valued along the same way that NFL teams value draft picks. And, you know, you've seen all of those boards out there, right? You've seen the Jimmy Johnson chart and the Rich Hill trade chart and all that. And I, I, I combined, like, those trade charts and I mapped them onto player values. And then I was like, hey, you know, when I compare this to the draft, you know, some positions go a little bit higher, some go a little bit lower, and I know some teams need some positions more than more than others, and so I included all of that, and that's how I kind of put together, you know, hey, this is how much capital you spent, this is how much you got out of that player based off of the aggregate rankings, and of course the rankings are just our best guesses about how that player will do, but you know, it's it's our best guess, so we might as well use it, um, and and that's kind of how I came together with uh, with the with the grading system to determine if teams got away with more than they put in. Right, no doubt. And, you know, there's some picks that I looked at and I was like, oh, wow, that's a, you know, that's a bizarre pick. But, you know, who knows? That might end up being the best player, you know, just based off of what we see right, two, yeah. three, two, three years down the line. Why do teams, in your opinion, have so, some boards that are just so far and completely different than others? Yeah, well, I mean, every team has a different kind of approach and philosophy to the draft that, that changes things, as well as a different process to execute on that philosophy. So, for example, you know, the Patriots, we know that they had that huge reach in the first round. Part of it is because they have the smallest board in the NFL out of any NFL team, like 75 players instead of, you know, 290, 300 players. A lot of teams only have 150, but the Patriots have 75. And so their approach is to identify a very specific position that they're looking to fill and then finding players who will fill that position and then comparing them to somebody that's currently on the roster. And there's only so many players that can do that. Uh, and so they, they construct their board that way while other teams will say, hey, here kind of like the, here's the system we'll run, here are the requirements for that. And if a player doesn't meet their requirements, they're off of our board. And that's a little bit broader. And then sometimes some teams are just like, hey, we know good players at this position run fast 40, so we're only going to look at fast 40s. That's how we're going to cut And so every team has a different approach to how they're going to build. Every team has a different vision for what their team is going to look like. And that's why you end up with some of these really strange picks. I mean, like Seattle sometimes, they're, they're so focused on physical attributes and arm length, and they trust their coaches to, to, to coach people up, that sometimes you end up with some very strange picks in the first and second round that people didn't expect because of that focus on physical attributes. Talking right now with my guy Arif Hassan from the Athletic Minnesota at Arif Hassan NFL, right here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Damon in the home studio, he's got one for you. Yeah, Reef, when you said that, you just said um, how teams, they value the things differently. But just from your evaluation, is there a certain strategy that may, maybe works out a little bit better than others? Yeah, you know, based off of like what I've been looking at, I think some of it is just to pay a lot of attention to which positions seem to matter most in the NFL. Like, it is really nice to get... Uh, you know, a really good nose tackle at the beginning. And maybe with a player like Jordan Davis, you make an exception. But for the most part, you know, when Travis Jones fell down the board, I thought that, you know, made sense, given that he played a less important position that sees, you know, the field a little bit less often, and that is primarily built to stop the run, which matters a little bit less. And so the Ravens were really smart to wait on Jones to fall and then pick him up, right? Um, I, that historically seems to kind of work out a little bit well. But I think one thing that really makes a lot of sense is, 
you know, don't be overconfident. Don't think that you're better than the rest of the evaluators in the NFL because, you know, when the NFL disagrees with kind of the consensus of experts, when they, you know, reach on a player against the board, um, those players fail a little bit more often than not. Uh, and, and so I find it kind of funny. The NFL has all of this access to information. They've got all of these people that are trained in, you know, player evaluation. They're the true experts. And when they disagree with, you know, draft analysts a lot of the time, especially when they reach on a player, um, you know, that ends up, you know, hurting them a lot. And I think a lot of that just has to do with, you know, a hyper-focus on, on the specific philosophy they had, like I mentioned, but also just a little bit of arrogance. Like, be open to thinking that you could be wrong. Right, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Arif Hassan here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So as I'm looking at the chart, I see the Raiders uh, look like they come in around number seven. And I felt like, hey, that's pretty good for a team that didn't have a first round or a second round pick, didn't pick till late in the third round. Uh, what were your thoughts on just what they were able to do and kind of the value they got out of some of the, uh, some of the draftees? Yeah, when you pick late, you really have to make the most, uh, especially of the, of the earlier picks that you do have. Um, I really thought that first pick I thought was a home run, Dylan Parham. I mean, he still needs a little bit of work, but he's a super athlete. In fact, I think he's actually pretty comparable to Cole Strange, the first round pick for the Patriots. Um, he can play guard or center. Uh, and, and I thought that, you know, even though he needs to kind of play a little bit more under control, you'd rather tell somebody to control themselves than to be more aggressive. I think it, you'd rather say whoa than go, right? Because you can always coach a player down a little bit. So I really liked that pick a lot. Um, and I think that composes the bulk of the Raiders value. They had some other good picks. I like the Matthew Butler pick, for example. I thought that was good. Um, and, and they got Thayer Munford really late in the draft. He's somebody that, you know, was in a lot of people's top 150. Um, and so I thought, you know, maybe he's never going to start, but I think that he's really, really remarkable depth. Um, and, you know, a player like Zamir White, you know, he is somebody that I think if you were completely comfortable with the medicals, you know, you might you might have ranked him a little bit higher. So he is seen as somebody that the Raiders grabbed, um, you know, a little bit ahead of their board ranking value, but they got dinged because running backs aren't as valuable. But all of that only matters if his medicals, you know, are, are a bit concerned. So if they're not, you know, I really like his, you know, his one-cut speed. You have to see if he can actually do it in the passing game because Georgia really like to have Cook out there in the passing game. But there's nothing to say that he can't do it. So I think that there's a lot of upside and a lot of athleticism here. And, of course, they get that nose tackle later in the draft like I was talking about. I thought that one was a bit of a reach with Neil Farrell. But I thought, you know, for the most part, the rest of that draft was really good. You know, I love the fact that you brought up Dylan Parham, the third-round pick out of Memphis, in uh, his versatility, you know, center or guard. We've been having this discussion here on the show if we think that his better position is actually center when I know he did most of his work as a guard but it almost feels like and it sounds like from what everyone's been saying they think that he's going to have an opportunity to play in this league as an actual center what are your thoughts I, I think that that's good. It's so hard. You know, I know centers aren't really valued a lot by the NFL, but it's so hard to find somebody that has the strength to handle nose tackles one-on-one as a center. You usually just can't do that. And also the intelligence to set the fronts, to understand kind of, hey, when they shift this front, this is what a run is going to look like, to understand, you know, with awareness of, of where a blitz is coming from, whether or not there's going to be a deep safety blitz. And my understanding of Dylan Parham is that when teams put him through the ringer in the off-season program or, you know, when they asked coaches about what he was able to do, you know, that was something that he was extremely comfortable doing very quickly under pressure and high-stress situations. You just need to know if he can snap the ball. Obviously, that that's really important part of playing the position. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, it sounds like from the workouts and, and, and the offseason, um, you know, circuit that that was something he could do. And I think that would be really wonderful for him, especially because you can get a little bit of help. 
uh, at guard if if there is somebody with a little bit more um, strength at nose tackle. Um, it is it is tough to find a center, even though the NFL doesn't pay them a lot. It's it's nice to be able to find that in the draft. Yeah, Reef. Uh, going back to the processes that teams have when it comes to selecting players or where they fit, the Raiders drafted two running backs, Zeus White and Britton Brown, in the seventh round, and Zeus in the fourth. Can running backs prospects can they do anything to improve their draft stock, or is it just going to be like, hey, the third or fourth that may be the best player in college, best college running back, he's still going to get picked there no matter what? Yeah, I mean, obviously there are some running backs that, that go a little bit earlier. We saw Brees Hall because he has home run ability go a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that we're going to see a top five running back selected um, since Zeke or or at, at maybe Fournette. I forget where he was selected, but um, it, it's going to be a little bit before we see something like that again. Um, but one of the things that really helps out with those running backs is if they can demonstrate, A, that they're kind of clean of injury. That's one of the biggest stories you have with a running back. But B, that they're versatile in every respect, not just that they can, you know, run zone and gap, but also that they can catch the ball, that they can run routes as a, as, as a catcher, not just a check down guy. And then I think really important, one thing teams are really catching on to, um, or actually they probably caught on before the rest of us uh, in the media caught on to, is how important pass protection is for a running back. Um, that actually, statistically, you know, analytically, that that's the most important thing a running back can do is they can protect the passer. Uh, and so a, a true, really good running back prospect, and I think this is what was so appealing about Ezekiel Elliott, is, is they can be a really effective um, you know, pass protector against blitzes. And so that's really what they can do to, to make themselves a potential first-rounder, although a lot of teams are now no longer as interested just because that position is, is a little bit more replaceable than it used to be. Um, so I don't know that they can really push themselves up boards, but I, I think it's the more you can do, um, the, the more you can demonstrate to teams that, that you know, it's worth investing in a lot of the position. Arif, before we let you go, and this has been fantastic, I wanted to ask you, who do you think, as far as you know, teams, who do you think you, know, you felt like really got the best value out of their draft class, and who do you think did the worst? Yeah, I think uh, the best value, I think I have to go with the Ravens. I mentioned you know, mm-hmm. getting Travis Jones as he fell, but like everybody they grabbed, you know, they, they were like, hey, this player's falling, you know, we'll wait for him to come to us. You know, sometimes they traded up a little bit, but everybody they grabbed I thought was a really remarkable value. They, they hit on basically every single pick. And they had like 10 or so picks to hit on. And I think every one of them, um, you know, knocked it out of the park at 14, grabbing the top safety in the draft at 25, grabbing the top center in the draft. Um, did they know they can wait on an edge rusher? So they were comfortable taking a Jabo who, you know, injured himself in the offseason circuit. And so they can wait for him and then also help him develop grabbing the Minnesota tackle. I, I just think that basically every pick that they made was really excellent. So I, I'd say them having the, the, the best draft made a lot of sense. And I think, honestly, and, and who knows if this is meaningful because they're generally just a good team, but I thought the Patriots had um, you know kind of the most worrisome draft. I, I would say maybe that was the, the worst draft, in part because they have such a small board, they had to reach on some players. I mean, they, they didn't just reach on Cole Strange. They reached on their next couple of picks. Tyquan Thornton was a really big surprise. Marcus Jones was a pretty big surprise. Jack Jones, the, another corner that a lot of people project to the nickel, huge surprise. So I, I didn't really like the Patriots draft. No, I feel you on that one. I'll tell you, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know what they – I mean, they got something in the water that they're drinking over there, but they are oh, yeah. always on point when it comes to their draft. I think Ozzie oh, yeah. Newsom, he set up a great you know, a great model, and they've just followed it to a T. They they've been doing that for a while. They've been doing a great job for a while. 
Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, they, they have this draft, they've got the system, Eric DaCosta is executing it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Coming out of the draft, it was like, wow, they had a really great draft. And then two years later, yeah, it turns out they did. Everybody was right. The Ravens <laughs> were right. They just keep on producing these great players. And, and they let guys walk in free agency knowing that they got the next draft class coming up. They'll be able to replace that guy. So it is a really excellent system. Yeah, no, it really is. And that's the model that every team wants to have, be able to allow some guys to walk in free agency knowing you have talent right behind them. Well, that's that's great stuff, Arif. That's Arif Hassan from the Athletic Minnesota at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, you know, I primarily cover the Vikings as well as they're doing national work. So I've got a film review on Lewis Seen, the guy that the Vikings decided was worth trading down for and missing out on Kyle Hamilton for. That's going to be coming out on Monday. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Didn't sound like he liked that pick too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a hey, Arif. That's fantastic. That's a mic drop moment. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, there he goes, Arif Hassan. Hey, I feel like that sometimes too, man. I feel like that too. It's 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 a that was a good that was a great mic drop moment right there. So good stuff from Arif talking about just draft class, trying to kind of put a wrap on on the NFL draft because as we all know. Now, two years, three years down the line, we're going to really learn a lot about these players and see who really did a good job. But I was impressed when I was reading that piece that the Raiders came in seventh. And when you don't have a first or second round pick and you start in the in round three, late in round three, and you still end up around seventh, I think that's a hell of a job. You know, as opposed to when we had John McClain on earlier in the week, he gave him a D plus because they didn't have. He penalized them for not having a first or second round pick where this was more of a, okay, this is what they are working with, and they still did really well. And what about the high praise right there for Dylan Parham? What about that high praise for the third round pick out of Memphis? What you know about Memphis, DeMond? He's going to be a star. Hey, man, if you're coming out of Memphis, man, you got to be the man, right? I've been trying to tell you, DeMond, I don't know why you don't listen to your boy. I don't know why you don't listen, man. I've been saying, if you're coming out of Memphis, you got something. (laughs) Yo, he's going to be – I'm so hyped up. From every good review he gets – I know he's not technically from Memphis, but I'm be like that boy from Memphis. That's right. He's representing. He has some Memphis in his blood, right? I mean, hey, look, that's that's. I'm not from Texas, but I got some Texas in my blood, so that's that's what it is. I'm okay with that. Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. A couple questions I had thrown out there. Who do you think is going to be the most improved player in 2022? Who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in 2022? And also, we're talking about Dan Ventrelli out as the president of the Raiders. Uh, hasn't been the president of the Raiders very long. There's been two presidents already gone since I've been here, and I've only been here since July of 2021. So you know there's been a lot of turnover. Want to hear from you on that as well. Even Rick, who hit me up on Twitter and sent me a direct message about the situation. So, Rick, I appreciate you. Uh, hit us up. Let us know about it. We'll come back, close out our number one. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team, and that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family, except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We will continue to take your calls, though. I want to definitely get caught up. Got a lot of calls and texts. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. 
My man Damon is back in the home studios, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. I'm at the house. I'm at the home studio in the home home, <laughs> just holding it down on this Friday, heading into Mother's Day, Mother's Day weekend. But Raider Nation, we definitely want to hear from you. Got a couple different subjects that we threw out there. Again, uh, love the feedback all the time. Want to know who you think is going to be the most improved player on the roster in 2022? I think Passionate Raiders said Alex Leatherwood. And who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise? And they don't have to be the same person. Someone could be improved and not the biggest surprise. Personally, I'll, go, I'll tell you right now, I think the most improved player is going to be Trayvon Merrick on the back end of the, of the defense. Not that he was bad his rookie year, because I thought he was good, but I think that there was areas that he could clean up that he's going to learn from. And I think him playing in that two-high safety scheme is going to help him out as well. He played that in college, even though he did a fine job last season in Gus Bradley's scheme, could have brought down a couple interceptions that, that hit him in the hands he just didn't come away with. I think he'll do that in 2022. I think you'll see him take a massive step forward in being that field general on the back end of that defense. I mean, he played just about every snap as a rookie last year. I just think that that's going to really go a long way in, uh, in, in that Raiders defense being, being a really good defense. The biggest surprise player for me, oh, man, I think, I think my, my biggest surprise is Dylan Parham the third-round pick out of Memphis, the guy we've been talking about a lot. And I think the reason why he's going to be my biggest surprise is because he's going to come in and, and make an impact. I think Matthew Butler is my favorite draftee, the fifth-round pick out of Tennessee. He's, he's my favorite guy. But I think Dylan Parham is going to go in there and, and, and play, play some good ball early. So he's going to be my biggest surprise. And then Trayvon Merrick on the back end, the second-year guy out of TCU, will be the most approved player for me. But we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. How about Raider Ron? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Q and Demon, how are you guys doing today? Hey, we're blessed, man. How are you? Hey, good, good. Hey, uh, my most approved player is going to be uh, Jonathan Abram. Ooh. Um, I say that because I believe that he will realize that he's, uh, uh, his fifth-year option wasn't picked up. And he's just gonna he's gonna ball out this year. Okay. And what what type of role? Support. Let me ask you this real quick. What type of role do you yeah. see for him? What what do you where do you think that he fits in best? I I'd say I don't know if they're gonna make him a box safety. I, I probably as long as he's not in, in pass protection, I think he's gonna. If they do something with you know like that with him, I think it'd be better. Okay. Okay. You go know? ahead. All right. Cool. And then. Uh, surprise would be Cleveland Farrell. Ooh, um, okay. He's another one that, you know, has, has realized that, you know, if he's not traded, uh, that when he's on the field, he's he's going to ball out also, you know. Uh, he might pick up some limited snaps, but I think he's, when he's out there, he's going to be having impact. Okay. Hey, good stuff, man. Great call. Great breakdown. Thank you so much. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did just want to know, because that's one of my big mysteries for this upcoming season, is where Jonathan Abram fits in. I think Jonathan Abram is a hell of a player. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's uh, very passionate about what he does. I think he wants to be the best of the best. I just think that, you know, a lot of times he's not put in the best position. And I think that the coverage situation is a situation. That's why last year when they had him playing in the box, I thought that was ideal. And it was unfortunate that he got injured. So I'm just interested to see how they use him. And when I say they, I mean Patrick Graham and company use him this year and what kind of role he plays. But I, I like it. 
I like it. And, and you know, if Jonathan Abram's on, you know that energy is flying around the field and he's out there doing his thing. So I can always appreciate that. Just very interested to see what happens with him. Now, we heard from Raider Ron. Let's hear from Raider Rod. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, Q. How's it going? Oh, man, it's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Loving it today. Um, I I like you guys' uh, you know, sentiments on you know Trayvon Merrick for sure. I like that. I, I was thinking that myself, especially since he got his hands on so many balls but couldn't quite – you know, come away with it. He kind of got victimized in the playoffs by the whistle. I think he was in position. Had he not kind of given up, maybe, I don't know. You know, it was so close. But, um, you know, what I was working out here in my head with, with my with my friend not too long ago is, is can, can you really call Max the most improved? Because I think, just like Marinelli says, he's just barely scratching the surface. Max, I think, goes for at least 17 sacks, has Woo! an equal amount of pressures. So if he's in the running for defensive player of the year, then, yeah, I think we can say he falls in either one of those two categories. And for my man, Derek Carr, I think that it is possible that this man is ready to explode, so averaging something like 279, 280, which would be 476, you know, 4,760. And 35 to 36 touchdowns, I think those marks, I think, I think Raiders are setting records next year, bro. It's going down. We have Raiders setting records. And I like Dylan Palm. I think Sneaky, that bro, that dude is going to be Rodney Hudson, 2.0. He's going to go mm. down, lock it in the middle, and Carr is going to be comfortable. Let's go Raiders. Nice, nice. Hey, great call, my man. Great call. Great breakdown. I definitely appreciate that. Good feedback. 702-365-9200. Want to continue to hear that feedback. As I mentioned, we got Cover 3 NFL news and notes coming up. We'll kick off hour number two. We'll do it with your calls. So, ABA Ivan Davis, The Purge, you guys hold on. We'll get to you off top. We'll, this is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.